In lieu of Thursday being Thanksgiving Day, today we would, and it would make sense, right, for us to start a new series preaching on the importance of Thanksgiving, right? Y'all pay attention. Y'all super smart folks. And so that's what we're doing today. Uh, we're going to be kicking off, it'll be a two-parter, a message on, on the importance of Thanksgiving. And as I was really just studying and, and praying, and God's kind of been cultivating this, this, this theme in my life on the love of God, and going through this message as we're getting it ready for today, you know, the Lord's just showed me that Thanksgiving is really a key for you and for me as a believer to stay in that place of, of, of peace and contentment and the love of God and the, the power of God and the presence of God, right? Because we all want those things, right? Anyone want the, the peace and the presence and the power of God? Uh, as we go through this today, thanks, it takes a lot of pieces, a lot of things, right, to, to, to live and be fully all in for God. But thankfulness, y'all, is, is super key. Somebody say key. Key to that, to that contentment and that joy that we're all looking for. Uh, we're just all looking for it in the wrong ways, in the wrong places. Uh, looking for it in the world. The world can't give that type of joy and contentment that the Lord can give. Only he can give us. Right? And so, you know, I know even on, on Sunday mornings, uh, we can have a tendency or I can have a tendency sometimes to maybe uh, bash our nation a little bit on the direction that it's going or uh, the things that are going on in our world, and let me say, there are some messed up things going on in our nation and some messed up things going on in the world, and we need to continue to pray for those things. But no matter, besides all those things, did you know that you and I are blessed to live in the country and the nation that we live in, right? And so the thing that happens, though, is because we are so blessed, we forget to be thankful for the things that we have. Come on, somebody. And we find ourselves looking for the next thing, uh, looking, looking for, for, like I said, uh, my happiness and my joy and other things, and, and I lose sight of how blessed I really am. You know, and around the world, people can eat and live uh, less than a dollar a day on food. Y'all, we average probably $13 a person when we go out to eat somewhere, right? That's 13 days of food for somebody else in a third world country. <laughs> so we're blessed. We're very blessed. And I feel like the Lord's going to kind of shake us up and remind us how content we are. And, you know, to be a Christian, right, we're supposed to look, act, and talk like Jesus, right, more and more each day, right? And, and as I study this word, the Lord just showed me before we kick this off, you know what? Jesus was always two things. He was always thankful, and he was always pretty content, <laughs> No matter what was going on, even as he went to the cross. Now, he struggled a little bit. Y'all remember, he actually had to pray the will of God as he, he prayed drops of blood from his forehead. But how did he flip it? He, he, he was thankful for his father, right? And so you got to know that God calls us to live the same way. Amen? Let's give you that first, um, the first scripture, our foundational scripture that we're going to use really as we... We start this, this message today on thankful, um, um, thankfulness, thanksgiving, power, we're calling it. Somebody say power. Right? Somebody want the power of God? Uh, we can have that, that power of God through our thanksgiving. So verse 14, right? It says, this is 1 Thessalonians. Uh, it says, now we exhort you, uh, brethren or brothers, warn those who are unruly, comfort in the faint-hearted, uphold the weak, 
It says, be patient with all. See that no one renders evil for evil to anyone, but always pursue what is good both for yourselves and for all. Rejoice always, pray without ceasing in everything. Somebody say everything. Give thanks. In everything, give thanks, Paul says. For this is the will of God of Christ Jesus for you. Did you know that in everything, giving thanks is actually walking in the will of God for your life? God says that walking in thankfulness in everything that we go through. You know, we have a lot of circumstances, situations, seasons, tough places, hard places, good places that we have to walk through by faith. And it says in everything, do that with thanksgiving and a joyful heart. And when you do that, you're walking in the will of God. So if I'm walking in a place, in an area or a season of my life that is anything less than thanksgiving, if I do it in a, in a rebellious uh, spirit or an ungrateful spirit, that that is not walking not only uh, with the presence of God, but it's actually outside of the will of God for my life. Verse 19 says, Do not quench the spirit, do not despise prophecies, test all things, hold fast to what is good. Abstain from every form of evil. Now may the God of peace himself sanctify you completely. And may your whole spirit, soul, and body be preserved blameless at the coming of the Lord Jesus Christ. Basically what Paul is saying is, in all things, be thankful. Don't give up. Have hope. Let the work of God and the will of God sanctify you as you expectantly await on his return. Until he returns, be thankful. Right? No matter what, be thankful. You know, and Paul understood this to a T, right? Because Paul, before he began to preach the message of, uh, of Jesus, he was a high priest in the Jewish uh, religion, culture, and the, and the faith of the Jewish people at the time, a scholar of the Old Testament, of the Word of God. Uh, and so he lived actually uh, the, the high life, so to speak. He was an upstanding person. He had the blessings of God. And as he began to preach Jesus, he, they began to what? Persecute him, uh, beat him, lock him up in prisons and jail cells. He didn't have nothing other than the presence of God to keep him company. And he says, when he says in all things be thankful, he wasn't just preaching to the choir, right? He, was, he knew it to be true because he was walking it out, right? He, he knew it to be true. And I can say for myself, I feel like the thankfulness of God working in my life it's different for all of us, but the things that I've walked through, uh, the old Ian who was, who was addicted to alcohol, uh, who was wrecking his life back in my early 20s, uh, who was running from God, not doing anything for God, uh, seeing my life now and what God has done in my life now makes me more thankful than anything, right? Because I came from nothing. I literally had Barely a bag of clothes. And so I'm thankful for my wife, for my family, for my church. I'm thankful for Liberty Church because Ian wouldn't be doing what Ian's doing without it, right? Because I, I went into our men's home first for God to restore my relationship with him. So God used Liberty Church to do that. So I'm, I'm thankful for that. And so I've seen both sides, I've been on both sides of the spectrum. 
You know, and this may sound kind of funny, but I'm even thankful to do the mundane things in life, like paying the mortgage bill every month, paying that electric bill, right? Because Ian actually grew up. I never thought I'd grow up and be a responsible adult. <laughs> and so when I write that check, I'm like, come on, Jesus. Trying to knock that debt down, right? We're almost down to just the only debt we're going to have is our house in Jesus' name. But, so is that anything that Ian did? No, I, let me backtrack. The only way God blessed me is because I continued to say yes. Right? If you continue to follow God, he will bless you. Right? He will bless you. And thanksgiving is one of the main keys for you to continue to follow Christ. Come on, somebody. Right? And so we're going to look at that today. Let's look at that first point that we're going to give you today uh, as we kick this thing off here. And so ha having a, a, a thanksgiving uh, power, a spirit that gives us power, it enables us to live in the will of God. Okay, as we, as we read that scripture, Paul says that when we, when we live that way, that we actually live in the will of God. And when, when that happens, we're sanctified uh, for the work of God, and he preserves us blameless for the coming of our Lord Jesus. And as he sanctifies us, there's things that we have to, that he calls us to do, right? Maybe ministries for us to be part of, maybe ministries for us to start. Uh, your first ministry is always your family, right? We preach that. Uh, we kind of uh, hit that nail on the head pretty frequently here at Liberty Church, uh, because that's what we believe. Your first, your first ministry should always be your family. Represent Christ in your family. But for us to represent Christ, what do we have to do other than walking in, in thankfulness and, and joy and peace and all these things? We walk in those things in the fullness of God by his presence, his peace, and his power. I call them the three Ps, right? We need these three things to do all these other things. We need his presence, we need his peace, and we need his power. Right? And thankfulness ties together with all those things. And in order to do that, it requires really an attitude of gratitude. Somebody said gratitude. An attitude of gratitude. Right? We know who purchased our freedom. Does anybody know who purchased your freedom? Right? And if we know the one that purchased my freedom, that has to change the way that I live my life. Right? That's something to be excited about. That's something to be thankful for. And so, you know, I hope I've shown you how blessed and thankful we should be as we, as we celebrate Thanksgiving and move into Christmas. Maybe you are sitting there saying, you know what, Pastor Ian, you don't know what I've been through. This has been the toughest year of my life. I don't have a job. I don't have a house. I don't have anybody that cares or likes me. Or maybe that is you. But if that is you, no matter what, without a shadow of a doubt, there's always something to be thankful for, and his name is Jesus. And I know that may sound cliche, and you may say, you know what, that doesn't change my circumstances right now. And I can tell you, you know what, it's not changing your circumstances right now because you're not believing in him. When you take that step and say, I believe in you, then there's a peace. Then there's a presence. Then there's a power. And a thanksgiving spirit happens on the inside of you in a moment as you begin to worship him for who he is. Right? For who he is. Let's look at that, uh, that next point. So we're going to kind of show you some things, some ways, let me say it that way, some ways that Thanksgiving can free us, can free up uh, our lives, um, free us spiritually, 
free us all sorts of ways, okay? And so uh, this next point, Thanksgiving frees us from the things that bind, imprison, and disconnect us from God. Because Thanksgiving changes our focus. Somebody say focus. And raises our awareness of God. And so a lot of times if I'm in a place where I feel like I'm alone, I feel like maybe God is not for me, I feel like God is not working in my life, it's probably because I've, I've lost sight of, of him, I've lost sight of the will of God for my life. And so thankfulness can really reel us back in and free us from those things that, that bind and imprison us and disconnect us from God because it does that by changing our focus. And so really, how do we change our focus is every day we need a fresh heavenly dose of some heavenly perspective. <laughs> how do I change my focus on the, the problems that I face? Because you know, we, have, we have life, we have issues, we have things, responsibilities that we have to do on a daily basis, right? But if I don't change my focus, if I'm focused on those things and not focused uh, on God as I, I live my life, I'll feel these ways. I'll feel uh, imprisoned. I'll feel disconnected. I'll feel frustrated, right? And so that's how we, we change our focus is by that daily dose of heavenly perspective that we can get as we, as we commune and talk with him through our prayer life, through, through our life every day. And the cool thing is when we do that, he don't just change our focus. He can actually change our attitudes and our spirit and something can happen inside of us, right? From where I will no longer be focused on the sickness. Maybe if, if I'm sick, I'm praying for healing. Uh, I, I won't focus on the sickness. I can begin to focus on the healer, right? As a shift that happens. And now I know who my healer is. Now I know how to pray. I remember I'm thankful that Jesus paid the price, Right As we did communion this morning, as a reminder, uh, it changes my perspective from the problem to the provider, right? I have this problem, you know what? But God, there's no, God's not surprised on your problems. He's not, he's not uh, uh, caught off guard by the things that you're going through. He's the provider. He's the solution to, to any problem or, or, or thing you face in your life. It changes us from the, from the suffering. Oh, that I'm go maybe going on in my life. Maybe I've been emotionally hurt. Maybe I, I'm going through something. I'm suffering. It changes my focus from that thing that is, is stealing, killing, and robbing in my life to the Savior. Right? To the Savior. And then what happens? I'm thankful. I, freedom happens in my life. And, and I, not, not do I just feel better, but now I feel full. I feel energized to go and, and do the things that, that God is asking me to do as he leads and guides my life, right, on a daily basis. So as we hopefully lean on him, okay, going through life, know that you can lean on him, know that you can trust him, uh, but we go through all sorts of different things, right? Every circumstance has opportunities, there's an opportunity to be grateful, and there's an opportunity to grumble, right? I can have a good attitude, or I can have a, a bad attitude. The thing is, we can have what we say. And if we meet with him beforehand, nine times out of ten, we're going to have 
a better attitude, right? And as Christians, that's why it's so important that we walk in not just thankfulness, but in the joy and the contentment that only God can give us, and that we demonstrate that in our families, in the world, at our workplaces, right? Because if we confess that Jesus is the way, the truth, and the life, then we need to act like it, right? If we confess that he set me free, then I need to act like it, right, out in the world. Because we are the best representation of Christ to the world. Christians are the reason that a lot of people, non-believers, don't believe in Jesus because the people who say they believe in Jesus looks and acts nothing like him, right? And a lot of that's because of our attitude, uh, and a lot of that boils down to our thankfulness, okay? So let's look at that next point. Being thankful is key, and so when we live thankfully, thanksgiving frees us from an unruly, critical, complaining spirit. You can't be critical, you can't uh, complain, you can't uh, be negative-minded or, or, or see the bad uh, if you are thankful. Uh, the Lord kind of showed me, as I was going through this this week, um, two ways. We have all different circumstances, right, different choices that we encounter on a daily basis that we can make. We can always do it God's way, uh, and we can always do it the way of the enemy, the devil's way. Right, And so if thanksgiving frees us from an unruly, critical, complaining spirit, does anybody believe that? It can and it does and it will if we allow it to. Then when I come to a, a, a fork in the road, so to speak, I can do it God's way. Hear me. Uh, I'm going to give this to you for free. God's way brings contentment. If I choose to do it God's way, it brings contentment in my life. I see the good. Right? I see what God is doing. I see the, the potential for, for good things to happen in my life. If I do it God's way, he brings about complaining. Right? I see the bad. All I can see is the things that are not working, the, 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 the prayers that he's not answering, the, 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 how long I've been waiting, or how hard my life is. Right? It's, 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 it's being content versus, versus complaining right? all the time. And I have this negative spirit, and, and no one wants to be around me, probably because I'm so negative, right? It's, it's that contentment versus a complaining spirit. Um, Philippians 2, 14 through 15. This is Paul again in the book of Philippians, and it says, Do everything without complaining and arguing so that no one can criticize you. Live clean, innocent lives as children of God, shining like bright lights in a world full of crooked and perverse people, right? It says, it says, do everything without complaining and arguing. No, no one likes to be around uh, people that are complaining all the time, right? Negative people. No one likes to be around negative people. Nobody, uh, nobody's looking at your spouse, right, in this place, or your bestie if you're sitting next to your bestie. <laughs> I see some eyes looking. Uh, you know, we can have a tendency, just being honest, me and my wife sometimes, it depends on the season sometimes. Sometimes, based on what we're going through, I'm kind of more the negative one. Or if it's something else, she's kind of more the negative one. So we kind of flip the roles sometimes. We all can be negative, right? But there's a difference between somebody that is just constantly always negative and complaining. It just sucks the life out of you, right? It just, it, it's, just, it's just terrible. And what does the world love to do when you're at work sometimes? 
They just want to complain, right? And so we, if we say we believe in Christ and he's the way, the truth, and life, and he's set me free, when those things begin to take place out there in the world, I have to look different. I have to act different, right? If you come to Liberty Church, you know what? You need to be a leader in situations and circumstances like that. Step up and say, you know what? Bring harmony and bring faith to the table and say, let's come together. Let's figure this, this thing out, right? Because those type of people, it always makes the mission more difficult. Whatever that mission is, those negative-minded people, those complaining, uh, that complaining spirit that gets on people, it hurts the mission, and it makes the mission less fun. You know, live for God's fun. It's exciting. And sometimes God calls us as believers to bring that excitement to the table. Right? But see, Paul, as he writes this, he knew that the world rejects such attitudes and spirits. He knew that the world rejects that type of complaining behavior. And so he says, to walk as Christ, don't act this way, because if you do, the world will reject your message that Jesus is king. Right? And so that, so that adds responsibility to our lives, right? And it's our responsibility to represent Christ to the best of our ability. God gave you his best, right? So we can give God our best. Make sense? That next point, another way Thanksgiving frees us, okay? It, it frees us from a faint-hearted, fear-filled mentality. And, you know, talking about the world right now, you know, it's been a tough year for a lot of people. People are depressed, they're despaired, they're, they're filled with an anxiety, they're filled with fear, and maybe rightfully so. You know, I try to live my life based on faith and, 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 and not by fear, but not everybody's the same, you know. We got, we got cancel culture going on, trying to cancel any and every good thing. It's, it's good to have things, good things to look forward to, you know, looking forward to the ball game or whatever it is, and they begin to cancel all that stuff, and God's got to always be our number one, but those things can add to my joy, right? And so people, they just, they feel like there's, there's, there's nothing left, and and, and, the, and God's saying, you know what, be faithful. I'm still in charge. Things are, can still happen for my glory, right? And so when I live thankful life, it can free me from that feeling, that, that fear-filled uh, mentality, right? It really breaks the chains. It releases me. Thanksgiving lifts my faith, and it removes that fear, any fear that I, that I have. And so... God's way, when I come to that, that, that crossroad, I have that thought, I feel this way. and We're not responsible necessarily uh, when that thought initially happens or that, the way that I initially feel. But what I am responsible of is what happens when I have that thought with what I do with that thought. Do I let it take residence in my life and in my spirit? Or do I say that thought is not of God and I cast it down, right? Or I feel this way because maybe something happened, but I can't live in this place because it's going to kill me. It's going it's to suck the life out of me, and I'm responsible for what I do when I realize that that's happened, right? And so when I come to that crossroads, God's way is gladness. We have a lot to be glad and joyful for, and the devil's way is sadness. You can't be sad and glad at the same time. We can't walk both in, in both simultaneously, right? And so if I'm... If I'm, if I'm constantly just depressed and, and, and sad and downcast all the time, something is wrong in my life, right? I need to bring something before God. I need to maybe get with some, some good Christian friends, some good healthy relationships. 
and begin to, to talk about what's going on in my life. Because God's way, when you do it his way, he'll bring gladness. Even in the midst of, of your worst chaos, right? Remember David in the desert, what did he say? Lothar walked through the valley of the shadow of death, right? That sounds pretty bad. That sounds like a bad season, a bad circumstance, a bad situation. But what did he say? He said, I will not fear no evil, right? He began to be thankful that he wasn't alone. He said, though your rod and your staff, they comfort me. He found something to be thankful for in the midst of a storm, right? When that happens... We find gladness. Let's look at Deuteronomy 23 through 4. And I love the book of Deuteronomy. There's so much good stuff in it. Uh, And this is a scripture uh, that really you need to not just know it, but you got to believe it. Uh, Verse 3, it says, And he shall say to them, Hear, O Israel. Uh, I'm going to stop there for a moment. In the Old Testament, anytime you read that word Israel, uh, they're speaking to Israel, but it's a it's an archetype, it's a, it's a hidden message bringing the revelation of Christ to what we now know. Anytime you read that word Israel in the Old Testament, go ahead and put your name there. God's speaking to you. Israel is God's heart, okay? So this morning, I'm going to go ahead and I'm just going to put my name there. And he shall say to them, hear, O Ian, today you are on the verge of battle with your enemies. Do not let them hear faint or... Do not be afraid, do not tremble or be terrified because of them. For your Lord, your God, he goes with you. He fights for you and against your enemies. He shall save you. Our God is fighting for you. You got to remember that. You got to know that. You got to believe that. That even when you feel feel alone, when you feel like nothing's coming together, when you're you're in it alone, God is for you. You know what? The Bible says he even goes before you. He goes ahead of you to prepare and make a way to come against the enemies that are coming against you, to help you and and to free you. You know what? And that makes me excited. That makes me thankful. That makes me wonder, what am I scared about, right? Because my God's with me. He goes with me wherever I go. Let's look at that next point. Another thing Thanksgiving does. It frees us from a weak, give-up mentality or a I'm-exhausted mindset. Right? That give up mentality where I feel like, you know what, I'm going to, is this, is this worth it? Is, I'm just exhausted. Right? Know that if you're a Christian, you've lived for God for however long. There'll be a moment in your life somewhere along the lines where you're going to have maybe this thought. <laughs> is this really worth it? I'm worn out. I'm tired. I maybe want to give up, right? Anybody been there? I've been there before. You know what? And it's kind of amazing how God works because, you know what? The, the Bible says, you know what? There's nothing wrong with feeling that way. What's wrong is what I do with that when I do feel that way. Does that make sense? Because the Bible says my faith will be tested. My faith will be tried. And so when I feel that way, I I come to this this crossroads again in my life, right? I can do it God's way or I can do it the devil's way. And so I can go ahead and give up. That's what the devil wants you to do. You know that, right? But God, he wants you to press in. He wants you to press in and to believe for that thing when it, you know what? And sometimes that blessing, that promise, it comes at the last hour, right? That last hour. Hour. You're, about to, you're about to give up. and Maybe you give up and that blessing comes the, the next day. 
right? And you'll never even know it because the, the enemy does not want you walking in the contentment of God, the thankfulness of God, and definitely not entering into the promise of God, right? So know if you deal with this or you feel this way, know that there's probably, there's a promise coming. Come on, somebody. There's a promise coming and your faith has to stay true and tried and, and, and faithful. And so don't give up. Instead, give thanks. Somebody say, give thanks. Don't give up. Give thanks. Right? And so doing it God's way, when I feel that way, is, is a simple. Don't give up. Believe. Trust God. But if I do it God's way, or do it the devil's way, I'm sorry, he wants you to give in. Right? God wants you not to give up, and the devil, he wants you to give in. Let's look at Isaiah 40, 29, 30. It says, he gives power to the weak. Somebody say power. He gives power to the weak and to those who have um, no, no might, he increases their strength. Even the youth shall faint and grow weary or, and be weary, and the young men shall utterly fall. But those who wait on the Lord shall renew their strength. As you wait on the Lord, as you believe for the Lord in that tough place, he'll begin to renew your strength. They shall mount up on wings like what? Eagles, y'all know it. They shall run and not be weary, right? And they shall walk and not be faint. When we feel this way, we have to declare the goodness of God. You have to have enough faith to begin to speak to the mountains uh, that your faith is being, uh, that are blocking your faith, and you have to begin to speak to them and say, you know what? No, the Lord is going to renew my strength as I wait on the Lord, right? And it's our strength is actually found in our weakness in the same place. That's why we need God, because we're weak. We're messed up. We have sin. We have issues. In my weakness, though, when I'm right with Jesus, I'm strong, right? I got an extra scripture I want to give you. It's uh, not on y'all's outline, but it should be on the screen, right? It comes out of 2 Corinthians 12, 9, right? He says, but he said to me, my grace is sufficient for you. For what my power is made perfect in weakness, Right? That's what the Spirit impressed upon Paul uh, as he wrote this, that in his weakness, that his, his presence, his power is made perfect. Therefore, I will boast that all the more gladly about my weakness so that Christ's power may rest on me. When I'm weak, I have a choice. I can throw in the towel, I can give up, or I can press in even more to God, and his power is then made perfect and rests on my life, right? That sounds like a good thing, enough to sustain you, enough to get you through to the next thing that God has for us. Let's look at that, um, that next point. Another way Thanksgiving frees us. It frees us from an impatient percep perception that believes it's not worth it, right? This goes hand in hand with that last statement, that last point. That's why we need this constant daily dose of heavenly perspective in our life. Because if not, then I have this impatient perception on my life, right? And we, as people, are becoming more and more impatient every single day. <laughs> Nothing is fast enough. Uh, they don't get food to me fast enough in the drive-thru. Uh, the thing I order on Amazon don't get to my house fast enough, uh, it, it, right? We're, we are just always impatient. If I feel impatient, am I in the will of God? No. <laughs> the Word of God says that patience is a fruit of the Spirit. And so when I live 
uh, patiently, expectantly for God to do something in my life, then that, that frees me. It's Thanksgiving, and, and, and I'm living in the will of God. So God's way, when I come to that crossroads, God's way is patience. Has anybody ever felt that patience of God as you were going through something or you're praying about something? You just know that it's going to happen, but it hasn't happened yet, but you have that still patience where you just know, right? That's the gift of God. That's that, thank, that thank, thankful spirit that God is giving you to free you, right? That's God's way. The devil's way is what? Pressure. God's way is patience. The devil's way is pressure. How does the devil get us to do things and make bad decisions and bad choices and say the wrong things? Through pressure. Do you really want to do this? Is it really worth it? You might, can, you might could do it your, on your own faster or a better way. God's sure taking a long time. You know what? This pressure, this pressure, this pressure amounts before you know it. You've acted. You've done something you weren't supposed to do, and now you can't take it back. Right? And the devil's in the background just going, gotcha. Right? Gotcha. The devil's way is patience. Be faithful, believe, and trust. Right? It'll be worth it. 2 Peter 3.9, it says, The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise. I love this. The Lord isn't really being slow about his promise, as some people think. No, he is being patient for your sake. Right? He's being patient for your sake. You, you know, we say this all the time. Uh, God is what? He is an on-time God, right? Anybody ever heard that? He's an on-time God. And I believe he's that way for a reason because when you are really praying for something or you really need a move of God or a miracle in your life, when he actually answers that prayer and it happens, he does it in such a way that in that moment, right, that you're going to know without a shadow of a doubt that it was him, right? Because he wants to get the glory. And when he answers our prayers in that way, it took patience for that to happen. But when it happened, no one's going to argue you out of what you know to be true in your life, right? You're going to go without a shadow of a doubt. You're going to say, no, that was God, right? Like the, the blind man as the Pharisees were grilling him, right? Did Jesus, no, I don't know what y'all are saying. All I know is I was blind and now I see. They were not going to talk him out of his miracle, right? So is, is the, patient, the patient answering of God's prayer is for our sake. It's for our benefit, he does not want anyone to be destroyed, but wants everyone to repent, right? He wants, he loves everybody, uh, and you can't uh, not repent and, and then not be thankful. Uh, when you repent, you find thankfulness too. We still even can fall short in sin, and we have to repent, uh, and when we do, it makes me more thankful for Jesus in my life, right? Next point, Thanksgiving. Another way it frees us, it frees us from a vindictive, get-even bitterness that sours our souls. Uh, I, I love the way uh, that's put. Because when you live this way, you have this bitterness, an envy or a jealousy of other people maybe in your life. Or, uh, that's what it is. It's a bitterness. It's a, it sours your soul. It robs you of any thankfulness. It robs you of, of any peace. It robs you of any contentment in your life. And I talk a lot about social media, and I feel like social media is making this even worse in our lives. Because now, what do we do? We, we sit on our couch, and we, we scroll, and we see what everybody else is doing. Oh, they look like they're having so much fun, right? And I, I'm stuck on the couch doing nothing. 
Uh, and I compare my life to other people's lives, and you know that's not, that's not how God wants it. We're not supposed to compare our lives to anybody other than Jesus. He's this measuring stick. He's the standard. Uh, but so when I compare my life to other people, which I'm not called to do, man, it robs me of my joy. It robs me of my peace. It robs me of the presence, the power, uh, and the peace of God. Uh, the Holy Spirit gave me this, this little nugget. I'm going to give it to you all for free. If you're taking notes, write it down. I felt like it was pretty good. The Lord has a, it's amazing when he, when he speaks uh, so clearly. And so I felt like he said, uh, Ian, thankfulness conceives contentment. Thankfulness conceives contentment. I said, okay, God. And he went on, he says, thankfulness conceives contentment, which protects me from comparison. And you know why that's true? Because if thankfulness conceives contentment, when I'm thankful, you know what? It doesn't matter what's going on around me and so-and-so's lives and the, the Smiths across the street or the, the Joneses across the street. When I'm content, when I'm thankful for my life and my family and what God's doing in my life and in my ministry, it doesn't matter what is going on and it protects me from comparing, comparing my life to other people. Right? It's that thankfulness that conceives that. That, that can, it's that, that, that cycle of, of life, so to speak, of contentment. And that's what we're all looking for deep down, know it or not. We want that contentment, that joy, that peace that only God can give us, right? And thankfulness is the key to keep us in that place, right? God's way, he's enough. I'm content. He's enough. The devil's way is I'm envious. That thought, I'm jealous, I'm envious. They got this. God's doing that in their life, but I'm over here. And, and, and that's not God because not only am I not supposed to compare my life to those, the other person, but now there's a disconnect from person to person, right? And I'm not going to share a gospel with somebody that I, I, I'm jealous or envious of, right? And it's the way that the enemy comes in to divide and distract the people of God, the church, Right? And so God's way is he's enough. I'm content even as I, I'm still striving to get bigger and better things for my life and for my family. But as I wait for those things to happen, I'm good. Me and Jesus, we're good, right? Let's read Romans 12, 19 through 21. It says, dear friends, never take revenge. Y'all know the, the revenge is the Lord, saith he, right? Leave that to the uh, righteous anger of God. For the scriptures say, I will take revenge. I will pay them back, says the Lord. Instead, if your families are hungry, feed them. If they're thirsty, give them something to drink. In doing this, you will heap burning coals of shame on their heads. Don't let evil conquer you, but conquer evil by doing good. And so if God is enough in my life, when God is, is that contentment, for me, the thing that I'm thankful for, when he's my all and everything, when he's enough in my life, I'll do whatever he asks of me, no matter how hard it is. Right? Because as we read this scripture, you know, we kind of just, we kind of breeze through that. We kind of just read that. Yeah, love your enemies. You know what, though? Loving your enemies, going to someone that you're envious or jealous of, or maybe going to somebody to ask for forgiveness from, is hard, right? Come on, somebody. That's hard. Loving your enemies is hard. Blessing your enemies is hard. You know what? 
But if he's enough, if he's my everything, I'll do no matter what he asks me to do, no matter how hard it is. Right? I'll do it because he's enough. That last point. And this is a good way to kind of tie everything together and kind of tie it up for us for a good place to pick up next week uh, as we close this out today. And so Thanksgiving, it frees us because it changes our focus and it raises our awareness of God. Freedom is a choice. Every time we choose to give thanks, we break the chains of bondage. When, when I give thanks, it raises my awareness, right? It reminds me that God is with me. It changes my focus. I no longer focus on my problems and my issues and my circumstances. And I focus on the provider, right? The healer, uh, the, the, the substance, who is God. And so when I give thanks, it raises my awareness and it changes my focus. And it reminds me that God is with me. And hear me, every time you thank God for something good in your life, the devil loses. Every time you thank God for something good in your life, the devil loses. And he don't just lose, he loses it. <laughs> it makes him mad, it makes him angry, it makes him jealous, right? Y'all remember what happened to the devil? He was in heaven with God, leading the angels in worship, right? But he wanted to be like God, right? Y'all remember? And so when people of God begin to worship God, it makes the devil mad. And guess what? When you worship God and thank God for who he is, the devil loses. It sets us free, right? 1 Thessalonians 5.18, it says, In everything give thanks, for this is the will of God, of Christ Jesus, for you. Hear me. No matter, no matter what he is worthy. He is holy. He's able. He can. He will. You just have to have faith. You have to believe. And our circumstances may change, but guess what? He stays the same. <laughs> your feelings may change. Your emotions may change. Your seasons may change. Uh, your feelings, but he stays the same. Amen? That excites me. That gives me something to be thankful for. He goes before me. He goes with me. He fights for me. Amen. He's got you. Amen. Do you trust him today? Can you trust him today? Do you believe in him today? Because guess what? He trusts you. He trusted us with the gospel of Jesus Christ. He believes in you because he gives you his grace. Poured out every day. Every, every day the sun shines or sun rises, there's grace and mercy available to you and to me. Right? He believes in us. He trusts in us. We can believe and we can trust in him. Amen? Y'all want to join me in prayer as we go ahead and close? So, Father God, Lord, we, uh, we love you, God, and we thank you. Lord, I thank you for your word, uh, your message. Lord, I thank you as we get ready to move into Thanksgiving season, God, Thanksgiving this Thursday. Lord, that you would remind us in the importance of, of living in a thankful way. God, the, the thankful spirit that we can have and walk in, that you call us to, uh, that breaks not just the chains in our personal lives, Lord, but it, it can really liberate the world around us. All of our own personal lives and personal bubbles, it can really liberate those, those, those places in our lives, Lord. 
So I pray that that would happen. Lord, I, I, I thank you for your presence here in this place today. Lord, I pray that uh, you would go with us as we go um, and bless us and be with us. Keep us safe uh, as we trust you uh, another day of our lives. Lord, we love you. God, we thank you. We ask this by faith, God, and we ask this in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. 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 Give God a big old hand.